Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Brighter Side is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash brighter side for your free trial. with the rhyme big ups all right everyone Whoa. oh my god were you trying to do everyone's uh background there is I that was, what that was l'chaim, l'chaim. <laughs> and then uh cheers uh where's the money uh, yeah. for white people uh welcome to the brighter side we're tackling some mm. different cultures here today first generation born americans that's right their parents were not born in america and they had them babies in america and raised them crazy we've got ben kissel who's got uh german parents yeah i have a german father thanks so much for having me this is going to be exciting because there's nothing better than admitting to a bunch of Americans that your father is from Germany. <laughs> the last great war the Americans won. Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin Barnett, whose family is from Jamaica. Yeah, Jamaica, man. I'm, I'm here, man. I did that shit, dude. We're here. And, yep. And my family is from Iran, so motherfucker be Tyran. Well, we can talk about that later <laughs> in the show. Yeah. I thought it was Iran, right? It's Iran. <laughs> Iran? God, I don't even. This is already. Iran? You know, the problem was I used to always call myself Persia because I thought it was the the assimilated way of doing things. My parents always said Persian's much easier. They just say you're Persian. No it's, one cares. It's very cool, Persia. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants to be yeah. friends with Persia. No yeah. one wants. Yeah. You say uh, Iran, it's like, did you punch a pregnant woman? Yeah, no. Right. It's, uh, yeah, Persian's fine. I can deal with Persian. I yeah, picture I you just the... like in a Speedo, like on a rug, just rubbing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine like y'all are good at like running on walls and shit because Prince of Persia was dope. <laughs> yeah. He was. I love yeah. that game. Jake Gyllenhaal's a great Persian. Yeah. That upset me greatly that they picked Jake Gyllenhaal. No chest hair on that man. No. Mm. Clean cut. Couldn't be a whiter guy that they They just picked. gave him a Kardashian, uh, Kardashian, Kardashian light tan and told him everyone uh, told everyone that he was Iranian and uh, he didn't it? pull it off the, at all. The problem is the, the, the Persian nose does not translate well on film. Right. Her yeah. big hooked noses yeah. don't work very well. Jake Gyllenhaal for, played a Persian, Amber. That's what's what, going what, on. For what? The Prince of Persia. Never saw it. It was so, a video game. <laughs> a video game for uh, 
first. Okay. I never saw the fucking movie. Not that I was protesting it. I'm fine with a white dude playing Persians. I got no allegiance. <laughs> right, right. The game was fucking great. The, the entire game. series. From All like the Apple. Oh, God, yeah. I remember way back yeah, in the day. Yeah, it's yeah. a classic game. Yeah. So, now, what, what about uh, Gary Oldman playing a Jamaican in uh, Oh, True, True Romance. Romance. How do you I'm feel fine about with everything, man. Yeah, right? Yeah, I don't give a fuck, dude. Fuck yeah. He's a great character actor. I like the seasoning. <laughs> That's all I really care about, today. What do the Germans have? They had a video game, Wolfenstein. Yeah, they that was a that. big German video game. That I think was, for a little it while it was banned in Germany, though. Was it? Yeah, yeah. because yeah. of all the Nazi shit. Every the, every time you load it up, there's a disclaimer. How like, do you, this game is illegal? How do you feel better about your people just denying uh, part of their history? They're not denying it. They're doing the exact same that liberals uh, are doing over here right now, denying everything. Uh, from the past to make themselves feel better in the present. What? what I am saying is this. The Germans are very sensitive people right now despite the fact that they spit every time they speak. Even if they're trying to say lovely words. Nice. And that really hurts their cause. Now, they have sausage in their mouth. Well, I, I think, do. and that's one of the better things about them. I hear there's like a, there's sort of an eastern side of Germany, western side of Germany, and one of the sides uh, teaches uh, their past, and one doesn't so much, and the one that doesn't so much has an uprising of uh, neo Nazis or like sure. young Nazis coming up. Is this yeah. true? Is that correct? Well, the neo Nazi movement is going, uh, you know, it's getting some steam. It has a a little bit of carte blanche because they are upset. You know, they haven't been able to have a standing army since World War II. Obviously, mm-hmm. they've been a strong U.S. ally as soon as we destroy them, and uh, you know, obviously. To Took, uh, well, I believe we, we, we got the West or the East. I don't know. We, we got, got one West. of them. West. West. We got the West. And uh, so, you know, they've been, they've been with us and, and strong uh, supporters of us. And uh, in order to uh, keep our money coming in uh, to them, they've had to completely denounce their past, which is probably good. But I think it's a problem not to uh, recognize their, uh, their Nazi uh, history. You got to recognize it. And you, you brought up a good point earlier about uh, Americans looking at you a certain way when you're saying you're from Germany. Now, uh, say, say, Kevin, have you told people you're from Jamaica or your family's from Jamaica? And have, what are some of the just like the things they've said to you just right off the bat, whether ignorant? Know. Everybody always thinks I'm supposed to be high all the time. Yeah. People always thought I was high in general, just in life. But you know, as soon as you say Jamaica, oh shit, man, where's weed at? But I don't fucking. But yeah. do you self-identify as a Jamaican American? Nah, I mean, I'm. I, I was born here, so I'm like, you know, I always say like my culture is is Jamaican and shit. But right. I'm, I'm from you know Miami. Yeah, and now yeah. Jamaica's not all you know beaches and sandals resorts. You know, uh, you see, you you're from the fucking uh, your family's yeah, yeah. in the heart from the, of Jamaica. from the hood, man. Where, where, where part? That you know that's the thing about it. There's a lot of those beaches. Jamaicans can't go to them. They don't, <laughs> they don't let you go. Well, they go to work and things go. like that. I'm though. from the Jamaica where you walk outside and there's goats in the street, just inexplicably just goats, and there's goats they and dogs. Guns. And, yeah. Wait, look at that. Lots of goats in Iran too, brother. Yeah, man, that's what we relate to. Bro. Oh, like, this is connection. Do they right chase now. you? Yeah. No, not really. They don't chase mm. you. Well, that's amazing. My memories from childhood of Jamaica, and I would spend a lot of time there as a kid. I spent whole summers there. My dad worked for Air Jamaica, so I'd be there sometimes twice a month. And, uh... I just my memory from childhood of Jamaica is being chased by dogs and goats. I just remember being chased by dogs and goats, and then random bums who would shout things at us and the smell of fire. <laughs> just remember. God, that sounds like fire? heaven on earth. That's amazing. A lot of yeah. goats in Wisconsin too, where I grew up. That's nice. great. But people are sympathetic. I'm telling you, when when Kevin says he's from Jamaica, people love it and they say, "Oh, what a wonderful culture that is." They yeah. think of Bob Marley. They think they probably think of Nelson Mandela. His to do with Jamaica. I didn't think of him. 
What I'm saying is, <laughs> they got a good reputation going over there. We yeah. were discussing before this program, there was know. a hit song in the 1990s, and this was the number one song in Jamaica. And what are the lyrics, Kevin? Uh, it, it's a song about... It's, it's, I'm not sure the exact lyrics, but mm. I know that he says... In the first part, he says, "Me no one, no teaching my name." Something along those lines, and then it says, "Get the fire, make we burn them." So, teaching my name is uh, what they call a gay person in Jamaica. One of the many things they call gay people. What's it? It's a song uh, called "Get the Chichi Man." I can't remember the name of the song, but it was. Do you know who sang it? Yellow the country of Jamaica sang it. Everyone <laughs> sang it. Yeah. Everybody sang it. it Everyone. Was, that song yeah. was huge, man. But uh, yeah, no, the, it's basically a song about burning gay people. And why? And where did that come the, from? Everyone in the '90s loved that song and embraced it, though, as if they weren't being uh, because they didn't want to come across as racist against the Jamaican people. They wanted to assimilate the Jamaican culture. And every one of these people who were singing that song in the '90s in America were condoning and uh, appreciating the death and the burning of all the gay people in Jamaica. Jamaica Jamaica is a worse country than Germany. Oh, here we go. Oh, I'm oh, saying it right now, and I'm sick of the abuse. Oh, whatever. <laughs> At WrestleMania 28. <laughs> I'm done with it. Wait, Kevin. Germans what? haven't done anything wrong in nearly 80 years. Kevin, wh- where does true. that come from? Yeah. Where does that <laughs> 60 an- anti-homosexual sentiment kind of come from? And what has your experience been with that? Because huh? it's, it's very evident in, in my culture as well. I honestly don't even know. I mean, maybe it's just like, you know, a lot of other cultures are just very set on like, the tradition of this is what a man is and this is what a woman is and yeah. these are the roles. They're I very- don't lick the puss. Yeah. No bumba clat. Right? <laughs> is that true? Is that correct? Bumba no pussy clot? Or is the, is the tampon thing, right? I know you, is it a Jamaican thing not to eat uh, pussy? I don't know if it's a Jamaican thing. I, I've heard. I don't I, know I've, I've heard, heard in some cultures if you eat pussy you're considered a fag. It's See, which is very thing. strange. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard of such a thing. But I mean, it's very in, in Iran and Farsi. There is no word for homosexuality. Whoa. The yeah. actual uh, phrase is a con- uh, is like a compound uh, phrase called hamjens buzz, which means one who plays with their own brand. Huh. So, <laughs> Interesting. It's, it's actually a kind of cool. And then the other like slang term is kuni, which just really translates to assy. So it's like, are you a cooney? It's just like, you're yeah, assy. And I remember when I'm I, a cooney. And grow, yeah, and I grew yeah. up growing up in Pittsburgh. I didn't have any uh, other Iranians. And I went to college in D.C. And I remember finally meeting a bunch of other Iranians. And we went out to some fancy. Aggravating, right? Yeah. Well, it actually. It, <laughs> Good point, Eddie. Eddie's made the best point so far. You said you were going out to a bar to meet with a bunch of Iranians. Eddie said that was aggravating. Point to Ed. <laughs> but I said to them, I was like joking around like we do with everyone else here. I was just like, what's up, Coonies? And this one guy wanted to fight me. He like legitimately did not take the joke very well. So apparently it's a very serious offense when you say that. Well, yeah. Is it like the C word, the way the people in the UK just say cunt, it just rolls off their tongue. But here in America, I call it the C word uh, because it's very offensive. Is that this, is it a similar situation? I think it might be, Ben. I yeah. think it might be. It's well, very difficult. English people just say cunt whenever they want. Well, they're mm. dirty people. They are. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have to keep in mind. So you know? this brings up a point about uh, culture. So your family or... Uh, uh, people that you might have grown up with have a certain culture where maybe they don't care for uh, gay people or lesbians or whatever the fuck. And then now you're thrown out into this world of Americans and then you have to go back home to your family and mm-hmm. talk to them. Say, I have a gay friend at school. How do they, how do they react to that? Uh, 
Well, that that's the interesting thing because it's well, like Kevin's it's, mother just handed him a box of matches. His dad gave him a can of gasoline and told him to go burn him down. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's weird? I know you do what's right, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he did not burn him. He'll be an actor. <laughs> well, what's what's weird about it is like one side of my family is uh, is very against. The I just the even idea of anybody being gay, and the other side of my family is very open minded, mm. which is which is it's interesting because I don't think they talk about that necessarily. But it's like it's they're they're open minded and they're understanding from like a and from like a weird it's like their standpoint on it is strange. Like they they don't care, but it's like in a way like they still acknowledge. Like yeah. I remember like a. I think I might have told this story before about there was a time where Jermaine was on the bus with me to D.C. Mm-hmm. and his mom was getting married to a woman and uh, that's why he was going to D.C. I was going for the graduation. I told my mom that and her whole side of the family freaks out and they're saying, you know, I shouldn't, you know, that's wrong and all this, blah, 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 and how I shouldn't hang with that dude because something's wrong if he's supported whatever and, uh, you know, this is just, it's a cultural thing. Can't say that they're, you know. And then so, but then I go to my my uh, my dad's side of the family. I'm talking to my aunt who lives here. And I explain the situation to her. And her response is, oh, gay. <laughs> Which is just, yeah. like, that was all she said. As, a, she as long as you're not burning it. them, they're progressive. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. one of the differences. And, of course, you were talking about Jermaine Fowler from your amazing show on True TV, Friends of the People. Check that show out. It's one of the best things that's ever happened to sketch comedy on television. My father had so much guilt coming from Germany. I would assume, Kevin, correct me if you're wrong, and you as well, Cena, were your parents were proud of your their past, right? Not Cena's family. They want well, to tear well, down they, Iran. No, I mean, after the Iran, revolution, but no. pre-revolution, your mother loved where Iran was going. Yes. And then as soon as uh, the Shah, you know, came through, everything changed. Well, was, the Ayatollah yeah, came exactly. in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, getting rid of, uh, so, but my father was in, my father's rebellion against his father, who was that's why they make the Nazi jokes on the program of Roundtable of Gentlemen, which I don't love. <laughs> but, you know, his he was rebelling against it's in your father. blood. Well, it's not in my blood. <laughs> I've had a transfusion. You don't even want to know about it. I, have, I actually have a, cancer's, a cancer child's blood uh, running through my veins. That's I, I sucked him dry, and I let him die. He wasn't using it. No, he was, he was going to be gone in a week anyway. I said, can I have his blood? They said, no problem. Uh, he was a Jewish kid. Um, but my father, uh, you know, when he came to America, he was just so uh, in rebellion of his father so um, that's why they became evangelical Christians because evangelical Christians love Israel they love uh, hardcore Hasidic Jews they both believe when the Gaza Strip uh, fully becomes Israel's territory then Jesus comes back and uh, all Jews go to heaven uh, and then of course evangelical Christians do too so my dad had a a, a shalom over the front of our house he put Mm -hmm. it in a big sign shalom he would always speak about how amazing Jews are he would always talk about how we need to love Israel so there I just grew up with with this unbelievable burden of guilt and I had no idea where it was coming from because I was like I there's no Jews around but everyone's real mean to the Hmong what do we think about them you know because it was mostly a lot of Hmong in Wisconsin and of where course are Hmong what, from? What Hmong are from Vietnam they helped us out they, they fought the Vietnam I thought they were Mongolian no they're not Mongolian uh, and uh, so after they helped us out in Vietnam we promised them uh, yeah. you know citizenship in the US and we sent them to the worst state in the country Wisconsin, which is why the whole uh, middle Steve, of the country is filled with Hmong, full of them. I so when Wisconsin. I was in, oh, I mean, it's freezing cold and miserable. If you had to choose one place out of all fifty states, <laughs> well, it's in the top forty-five of like not going. 
Yeah, you know, I, no I one like it, man. No, yeah, it's been terrible. Here a bunch of times. Yeah, I mean, hey. everyone's nice because they're dumb and they're drunk because it's cold. I take, people, I, take, I put uh, Wisconsin in top fifteen. Yeah, no, I'm gonna go ahead and take offense to yeah. that. No, oh, don't take offense. Come on, I love Wisconsin. You upset Sam. Your addiction to cheese curds <laughs> does not mean Wisconsin's a good state. I mean, that's the it's thing. A great so, state. People are very nice. People it's are good, nice. Good food. But it's, it's weird though. I but was it's, there. it's not it's, nice though because they're not nice when they go to the voting box. Mm. You know they're not ni- they're not nice behind closed that's, doors. That's true. I'm I'm very disappointed in in our home state. We're currently we have, we have Bat Boy from uh you know National Enquirer or whatever the hell that magazine was. <laughs> Scott well Walker knows. running the goddamn yeah. place right now. But anyway, my mother did foster care, so I had a bunch of among uh, foster brothers and sisters. But what I'm saying is, my father had so much guilt about his heritage that uh, we wore some later hosen every now and again. Um, which was very embarrassing for God, me. God, I would love to see Fat Ben Kissel. My no. dad says, why, 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 are two, why are two out of my three sons gay? I don't know, Dad. Maybe you made us wear later hosen for three fucking years. Uh, you know, that'll probably nice. do it. Oh, nice. my God. Later hosen equals pictures. gay kids. Now, I have a couple. Either of your parents dress you in a traditional garb, Cena or Cena? Did your parents no, dress you? No, my mother just dressed me up like a like a like Beethoven basically when I was a child, like old renaissance gear to poofy make me look shirts. like a fancy, yeah, poofy like little neck things and frilly <laughs> things. It was really sad. My parents really, I don't know about you guys, but my parents went all 100% in on assimilating. They right, wanted to here. be American as much. They were like, the American. They have the biggest party my parents have is a July 4th party. Right. We have two six-foot-wide American flags next to each other. They're burning a cross in the front lawn just to be like, we'll just get it out of the way. We'll yeah, just let yeah. them know. We're Americans. We're fine. <laughs> we don't even like us here. We have to tell people we are American. I'm like, no one, no one believes you. Now, traditional yeah. Jamaican garb that's it's- naked. Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's just that human guard having shoes, man. <laughs> Running fast, no shoes. Well, that, that was the thing. It was like they was. I mean, Jamaica. You can. It's not that far off from the states, so it's like they can kind of understand America. You know, the states in their head. But uh, what was interesting was um, growing up. As a as a as a black kid, and well, I started out in Miami, where it was like mostly just Cubans around me. Oh, so and you started off Cuban, yeah. Got and it. And then I moved to you know Palm Beach, where it's mostly white people. With the so then you went was, to Jill, got it? Yeah. <laughs> and then going, he went to Horse. <laughs> 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 but like going going to these schools where a lot of the times I'd be the only black. For a year, I was in a school where it was like all black people, but uh, for a lot a lot of times I'd be the only black person. That presents. An interesting situation, but on top of that, having the Jamaican parents, because there was a part of them where there was like, you have to go into these classes and you have to, you have to, you have to get A's on all your stuff. Anytime the teacher asks you anything, you need to know all the stuff because you're the, you're the only black kid in a lot of classes. They're going to look at you and they're going to judge you and whether or not they think less of you or not you're gonna have to be the smartest person in the room every time and that was wow. that was every that was drilled into my head and it was fucking it was terrifying because I grew up just scared it was like I'm gonna go in there what if I look like an idiot if somebody I was always terrified of that but then at the same time they would say that stuff and then they'd also be like I don't because they were Jamaican and, and basically like we moved to Palm Beach it was like our whole like area of of our neighborhood, everyone lived on like five acres. They had nice houses, and everybody was Jamaican. And a lot of the Jamaicans that I knew came there. They all became engineers, nurses, doctors. They all had like high-profile jobs. And so, in their head, they were always just like, 
we came here from another country already black <laughs> with nothing and they would look down upon the rest of just like black people that are just in the hood and my mom would always just be like I don't want to ever see you grow up to be a black American <laughs> like she would say that wow. so right, there was right. a side of her that there was a side of them that was saying you have to be the black person in the room that you know, because yeah, that shines. You have to prove these people wrong. But then the other side of it, where you have to make sure you're separate from them. Well, <laughs> I think that, that that's crazy. the thing with wow. first generation parents, uh, with immigrant parents. They have an idea of what America is. They have an idea of what it is to be an American, but they don't actually know what it is yet. Oh, where they amen. get it through movies, they get it through uh, you know uh, through television, through music, and things like that. So they project this image upon a person that is absolutely impossible uh, to live up to. My father knew seven different languages because his father was in the military. They traveled all around Europe. And they were doing mostly humanitarian work, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he never taught us one of them. He didn't teach us any languages whatsoever, only English. He wanted us to have a native tongue. My father does not have a German accent at all, and he lost it within two years. That man assimilated... He assimilated uh, faster than uh, 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 Dan Aykroyd's character in Trading Places. So, uh, I mean, he was just immediately American. So, how does that make you feel? Does that think like you know, maybe your father kind of traded on the country a little bit? You know, well, of course, my father, my father's father believed that my father was a traitor. Yeah, because my father was he started a huge labor union in Germany. I mean, when he died, it was a massive like national event. You know, he's huge. Uh, so when my dad turned Physically all of his, and you know he wasn't th he was only six four. What but, a pussy! What a yeah, he was tiny. <laughs> he was tiny by Kissel standards, you know. But yeah, when my father moved over here, his dad was super pissed off, and rightfully so, because my dad turned out to be a total moron, and uh, his father was excep exceptionally intelligent. Turned me out of Larry King whenever I'd go and visit and stuff like that. But every single first, uh, which Larry King? The Larry? What do you mean, which Larry King? Not the Franklin cover up, Larry King. <laughs> That's such an inside reference. <laughs> Listen to the last podcast on the left, Franklin Coverup. Um, Three but, episodes, great stuff. Yeah, but no, the Larry King, the interviewer Larry King. <laughs> but my father was just, uh, you know, so so unbelievably, um, you know, quick to cut off that entire side of his life and didn't show us any of that history or give us any sort of um, understanding of different languages or different cultures. He was he learned everything from the Christians and, and basically John Wayne movies. You know, I mean, the guy looked up to Ronald Reagan like he was telling the truth. Did your parents? I, I mine did this a lot. They were just like, "Are we are so happy to be in America?" It was right. like this constant reminder of America. Is the greatest, but this is country. A, America is the greatest in country, the world. And the, and they spit it out. Immigrants uh, believe America is the greatest country, and immigrant children are always the most successful of the American people. You can look at uh, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, uh, even See Barack Obama. Yeah, you know, it's See it's it, always yeah. people who have parents from the outside that come to America and they're like, I'm going to take advantage of all this shit that everyone else is taking for granted mm -hmm. because I live in a country where all these possibilities don't exist. That's why a lot of rich people, successful people in America, their children are fucking idiots because everything's just handed to them. Look at the New yeah. York Knicks. Look at James Dolan, that piece of shit with his schmucky yeah. goddamn my, rock band. My, <laughs> my parents, uh, when they before they came here, my mom was a geologist and my dad was a pharmaceutical chemist in Iran. They were both working in an industrial plant. They came to America. Basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dad came to, uh, my parents came to America. My mom became an interior designer 
and my dad became just like a guy who who started a pallet company. Was was your mother's uh, on the card? It said your mother's name, interior design, and it was just in quotations. More rugs, yeah, exactly. <laughs> always. This house needs more rugs, and they're like, it's a carpeted house. I would recommend more rugs. My dad would sell rugs on the side. He really sold Persian rugs. He was a Persian rug expert, and it was like I didn't realize until I was senior in high school that I was like. <gasps> My dad is the pinnacle of every stereotype of an Iranian man. Right, right. <laughs> did you did you guys have that as well, where your parents kind of did different, completely different things, and they came to America, they had to like almost reinvent themselves? I don't know. I don't think it was that. Like, my, I know my mom. She came here to to be a nurse, and she and she did that. And my dad, he came, he came here to work. That you know, just like in business, and he and he did that stuff. So it's kind of like, but I get like that's kind of why immigrant parents are so hard on their kids because it's like one, they've abandoned everything. Everything. Right. Like they've yeah. left behind their whole country to get to the unknown. To now, are you there. speaking they from can, what your parents said? Do they, they say that stuff to you? No, but it's just like, you know, like they like, for example, uh, most like a lot of a lot of people, if they go and they're like, oh, I'm going to be a, a comedian, I'm going to be a singer or whatever. Like, you know, if you, your parents were here, they'd be like, OK, they might not be happy with it, but they're like, all right, you know, right. I, you know, I, you can follow your dream or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like my mom disowned me <laughs> when I moved up here. Like she fucking she cut me. She disowned me. She's she cool me with back. it now. though. Yeah, she's cool with it now. Well, now he's making like, a bunch of money. He's on TV, so she, she can actually see him. Once it was in a like while. it was over time. She she calmed down. It wasn't just this, yeah. but it was just like yeah, like you know, I was supposed to be, you know, the doctor, or the physical therapist, or whatever. Like I, you know, I had the good, I had the grades and stuff. I did well in school, and I was supposed to do that. And you know, but you she moved. put you in a in a magnet school for artists. Yeah. Well, she, and she, she still wanted you to be a doctor. Yeah. That's you so got it all weird. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that the, my parents did similar. They were like, "Do whatever you want, do whatever you want." Then when I graduated, cars they're like, "So, you're a lawyer?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "No, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I'm just I've been doing this comedy, the funny thing, for a while. Why am I yeah. not going to just do that?" Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. It's also like it's also part. It's my fault too because I kind of <laughs> faked my mom out because I went to this art school for high school, middle school, and then I go to FSU for the music program. And they're like, okay, he's gonna be a professor. They thought I'd be a professor of music. They didn't think of me like going touring and shit. They're like, oh, Kevin's gonna be a professor. And then I switched to pre med, and I was gonna go do physical therapy. And I graduated and just didn't even apply to physical therapy school. I just like graduated, and two months later, I was out in New York, and my mom was like, "What?" The fuck, nigga? (laughs) Kevin, great move, man. I would never be able to snuck sneak that one in through my parents. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Like, I I would, I would like intern with physical therapists and like all these different people, and they everybody. Oh, it's something you were giving massages and stuff. I was doing all that, but every everybody I worked with was like, if you, because I was like doing comedy during school, whatever. Like, if you have any doubt that this is what you want to do, don't. Yeah, is, is gonna drive you insane. Oh yeah! And if you ever want to go back to it, you're gonna be five years behind or whatever it is, and you're gonna be depressed and shit. It was like, all right, fine. Yeah, <laughs> listen yeah. to them. Oh. Yeah, because you have big guys like me walking in saying I got a kink in my upper thigh. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting there getting hard. <laughs> I mean, it'll be a nightmare for you. Absolutely <laughs> not. My parents, uh, my dad was really dumbstruck because both of my older brothers just being gay from uh, forever. You know, loving like RuPaul, and then I didn't have any basis of what American people were supposed to be because my dad didn't. Uh, my father was just a truck driver. They were pushing beer on me when I was like twelve. Uh, really, your parents were? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't a big thing. You know, I started drinking, I got caught, I was expected to be in trouble. You know, but my dad was like, "That's good. That's good American activity." He had this uh, this philosophy <laughs> that was completely insane. Sam's um, not a yes. Is this well, a Wisconsin this is, thing? This is, this is Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. No, I mean, my, my dad bought me my first beer at a bar. And how when old I were was you? At a bar? Uh, 15, maybe? Yeah, right. So yeah, for, 15, 16. Yeah, in so high school, that's an appropriate age for you to buy alcoholic beverages yeah. for your children. Buy, yeah, if your parents buy it for you, it's totally legal. I think 15 is yeah. right. the, uh, the limit for a child to drink booze. But I mean, at I the was same drinking time, before that, but just not in a bar. Yeah. At the same time, my, par- my parents forced me to graduate college. It's a fr- it is an immigrant parent uh, idea that you have to have all of your kids graduate college. And to have all of your children graduate college is like not uh, a typical American thing. Yeah, you know, Sino, your brother graduated. Kevin, you have everyone graduated, right? Yeah, they all graduated. Same here. I mean, that is such a uh, such a unique. I think it's totally uh, indicative well, of immigrant parents. The model is that education equals success, and right. it's like if there's been, ever been something that's proven wrong time and time again in this country, is that education equals does not actually equal success. So many well, times people go to go to school. No, it hurt. And, it, no, doesn't it doesn't hurt, hurt at all. That's for your sure. Your brain swells up with information. Sure, that's great, but the other day you still got to go and get a job in the workforce how many people are have a college degree and don't work today yeah but i mean you know i mean obvious me number one uh but no but it it opens up a lot of doors i mean you know you i mean a bachelor's degree at this point which i have is like absolutely nothing i mean you need a master's almost a phd but it does open up a lot of doors that are not going to be opened up for people who don't have those degrees you just got to be able to pay for it yes and no i'm I'm telling you i went to law school there's so many people that i went to law school with that had like incredibly but now we were talking about this we were talking about this before you were just on pivot tv with megan mccain you're a lawyer now so this is a credential this is a credit you can yeah, go man, on but i i was different i was in this from the beginning i was just trying to make mom and dad happy i mean that's that's my own fucking shit i mean other people yeah. have had a very difficult time trying to find work and having a higher education as well cena's mother is an amazing woman <laughs> and uh one one time i was at cena's house and i was talking with his mom we were talking about saddam hussein and i was expressing how saddam hussein was a stabilizing uh, oh, uh leader in the region oh my god and uh how i thought i was very appreciative of him and uh, and i was proven right obviously as as when history has proven no, before he was hung, but this I think Saddam Hussein did great things. after he murdered his own people. It doesn't yeah. matter. He didn't murder his own people. He kept, yeah, a bunch he, of, he kept a bunch of <laughs> lunatics away from each other and murdered no, his own people. This is actually a very popular <laughs> sentiment among a, a lot of people in the Middle East because of the way people value human life out there. Right. They're just like, you know what, Saddam, pretty crazy motherfucker, but so is everyone else in the right. Middle East at the yeah. same time. It's yeah. like, who are you going to get to fucking wrangle all these yeah. fuckers? He's less crazy than Assad, and he's uh, not in prison like Mubarak. I mean, he's dead but uh, nonetheless but anyway so i got up to go to the bathroom oh god about half the way through of our conversation and i'll tell you cena's mom was like oh cena i'm so happy you found such a smart tall friend i love him and i don't think that's what happened it doesn't i don't she was speaking farsi it was some language i don't understand <laughs> his father was talking about rugs and i totally lost interest so i went to the bathroom and i'm taking a a, a ben kissel pee so my hands are on the wall as if an officer is going around me searching for weapons and uh, I have my penis out there, and it's a dangler. And his mother opens up the door. She, and she, first of all, she opened prob- up the door. She probably thought the faucet was on. <laughs> well, I've been drinking quite a few beers. And his mother opens up the door at about three inches, as if, uh, you know, as if a young girl trying to peek uh, at her Christmas presents, and Santa's putting them underneath the tree. And sure enough, I gave her a gift. And she looked at my penis. And she could have shut the door a lot quicker than she did. She stared at my dong for at least three seconds. And I just want to say that was the dream she had before she left Iran about how amazing America was going to be. She said, I'm going to open a door one day and look at a 
In my German, own home. In my own home. <laughs> and look at a German dong just urinated oh, into God. a toilet that I paid good money for. And uh, so that's one of my favorite memories of seeing his mom. You know, I'm not a, um, I'm not a first generation American. I'm actually a third generation. Uh, all of my grandparents were born in America. But an interesting happen, uh, being Polish-Ukrainian, a lot of, during the 40s, a lot of the rest of the family came to America. Right. And so the family that had been in America for a while immediately was forced to uh, unite with the uh, the other side of the family. And someone on the Catholic side of my family had actually spent time in a concentration camp uh, and was uh, and was got knocked up uh, because she was raped by a German officer. Oh. And so and then she decided to keep the baby and oh. all this stuff. And so she had the baby. She she had the baby in the concentration camp. Gets out of the concentration camp. War is over. Moves to America. The family shuns her. The old school family shuns her for getting raped. By a German officer, and then having the child. This is, and then the the new, the all the the Americans, even like my backwards thinking grandparents, like this is fucking horrible. You know, we yeah. got to take care of this poor woman. And then so the that's the the two sides of the family never talked again. I don't even know those people. They shunned her for getting raped. They shunned her for getting raped and having the baby. Yeah, and they shunned the baby as well. Are there it any half Nazi? Are there? It makes wasn't me, half Nazi. It's a baby. It's half Nazi. <laughs> it's a child. His father was a Nazi. Uh, it's not a genetic Nazi. Is not a genetic thing. It's a political ideology. Well, his father was a Nazi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, so would that make him part Nazi? No, it makes him a baby. And then, if he chooses to be a Nazi, then he's a Nazi. This sounds like did he come out hailing? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like typical some Nazi, Nazi propaganda. <laughs> it's Nazi talk. Welcome to the newest podcast here on Cave Comedy Radio. It's Nazi talk. <laughs> so are there, uh, one of the things I've also found and it made me think of this, Eddie, is that are there cultures that you guys have or other countries that you have like eternal beef with? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that, it's interesting. I already said the thing about like how my parents had this perception of of Black America already, but then also I remember growing up, my mom would always be like, "Don't trust Africans." Yes. <laughs> like, really? Why? And she's like, "They're very tricky." Yes. <laughs> Your Africans yeah. are my Indians. Yeah. My dad would be like, "Don't trust the Indians. They're very they're cheap. They're Teach you. <laughs> yep. I don't know why she never went into it further than that, but she just kept saying they were tricky. And I think she said they're occasionally fast talking. <laughs> this is swindlers. Where do you think that comes from? Like, how is it? Don't they realize that everyone else just sees you guys all as just black people at the end of the day? Know. Same thing with know. me. They all think we're all fucking Middle Eastern terrorists the other day. I remember I used to add a lot of Mexicans working for me at the restaurant business. And then one time I needed a new porter. And I, I told them, mm-hmm. I'm like, bring in one of your boys. I need, a, I need a new porter. And they're like, I got a guy, but he's Dominican. Is that okay? It's <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but they really do. Mexicans and Dominicans absolutely hate each other. Well, your mom uh, doesn't like Haitians too, right? That was the thing, though, too. It was like, well, growing up in Miami, it was like all the black people, they, there was just something, for whatever reason, at least where I was, it was like everybody was just against Haitians. Mm-hmm. Like you could win mm-hmm. any, like if you had like, 
you know, people were shitting on each other. You say shit about their mom. You say shit about how much money their family has, where they live. Yeah. But the argument ender was always calling someone a Haitian. Yeah. I don't even understand why. <laughs> Haitian was the it. bad word. We weren't yeah. allowed to say it on the football field. No. And I, and I grew up. Uh, I grew up around Kevin, and you weren't allowed to say Haitian, it, even though they're technically Haitian. And like, it's just like you weren't allowed yeah. to say it. It was I don't, crazy. It was. All political correctness out the window. I don't care. I'm a, I'm a Caucasian individual from Germany. My parents moved down to Fort Lauderdale. They're evangelical, uh, evangelical Christians. The only church they could find that relates to them is all Haitian. And my parents have gotten crazier and crazier. And I'm going to say it right now. Haitians are terrible pieces of shit. <laughs> They're terrible. They, they, these Whoa. are the people who burn this Chi-Chi song in Jamaica. They actually live it on a daily basis. Well, they all in are. Haiti, they're burning gays uh, on a daily basis. It's their national sport because they don't have money for soccer balls. And they put they have, uh, they have they fill tires with gasoline, light them on fire, and throw them around people's necks. This is what they're up to Can over there. Can you look there. that up, Sam? About how many it's called necklacing. It is crazy. Necklacing? Necklacing. It it's absolutely yeah, awful. Yeah, an ING at anything, these and are, it's popular. These these are where the evangelical uh, min uh, ministers over here, like Lou, uh, James Dobson and uh, Pat Robertson, the politics don't really work in here. We don't get any of the social effect. But it happens in Haiti. This is where they really have all their ties. As a matter of fact, there's an evangelical who may be uh, tried for uh, crimes against humanity because he's uh, aided and abetted and supportive of a lot of these uh, crazy groups Holy over shit. there in Haiti. Yes, What's the definition so of necklacing? Okay, necklacing is the practice of... Uh, summary execution and torture carried out by forcing a rubber tile tire filled with petrol around a victim's chest, arms, and setting it on fire. Oh. The victim may take up to 20 minutes <gasps> to die, suffering no. severe burns in the process. Good it God damn. Horrifying. It's awful. No. It's one of the worst ways you can die. It's because they're gay. And, and your dad does this, Ben? No, my dad doesn't oh, do I it. I thought you said I no, no, you said no. See, that's not even this. far off. I'm sorry. I, I would. <laughs> I, I agree with that statement more than I do with the statement calling him a Nazi because he's not a Nazi. He rebuked that, but he goes to a Haitian church. I have two gay older brothers, and theoretically, if they went to Haiti, uh, where the pastor that this man listens to is from, they would be burnt at the stake by a bunch of tires. Needless to say, I'm not going home. Needless to say, I'm not going home for Christmas. There's a lot Google of pictures. image necklacing. There's if you a, want oh, it's brutal. Real yeah, it's disturbing. brutal. Brutal, awful. Images. I had no idea it was so popular. Oh yeah, I mean, I guess it's you got to get throw away the tire somehow. Someone's got to get these guys TV. Yeah, that would be the Voice. <laughs> they would love the Voice if they could just get it. Okay, so I want to know a little bit about how your politics in general have developed over the years because you start assimilating with your parents. Your parents, you have to merge this American culture with the culture you have at home. How do you develop a perspective on America and what's happening in the political system? I think it gives, it's just like an interesting perspective on a lot of just socioeconomic shit, like racism in general. Like you start to see like all. Anybody, you hate everybody that's different than you. Yeah. Like, my parents hate, they, they hated Africans, they hated regular black people, they hated Haitians. Like, I remember that. The fucking thing nerds, I was man. Just, fucking nerds. <laughs> anybody. <laughs> so it's like, it's almost like I take everything, even all the shit, whatever the, all of the rest of the society is, or is up in arms about something racial in, in regards to black people, it's always like, I take it with a grain of salt. Like, I take it, and I sit back, and I'm like, well, from a rational point, why is this happening? Wait, Put where did that rational point of, come from, though? I think from, it's though. literally just because it's it's just my, my parents will think the same way. about. Every, I'll, I'll think of stuff, and I'll like, mm -hmm. I'm like, this is... Like, this shit's all crazy and it's fucked up, but if I step back from it, I step back from everything, and I look at just plain, like, 
math of, of a situation. Um, and I'll come out with it like, okay, it could have been this, but it's also, there's a lot of reasons why this would happen. Is there, and I'll is go there, and I'll yeah, talk I mean, to obviously him. those are like hot topics right now. Any specific issues with, uh, you know, Brown or Gardner or, uh, Rice, any of those that you had like an interesting, more of a, a Charles Barkley approach as opposed to a <laughs> Kenny, the Smith jet, Jenny, Kenny, the jet Smith. Well, I mean, you know, with, with, and both Brown and the Garner thing, it's like, you know, they're, they, it should have went to trial. Because they, the problem is there was the evidence wasn't there, and right. so from there it's like I can't necessarily say. Granted, black people are targeted more at they're targeted more frequently, mm-hmm. but at the same time I can't say the brown thing might be a little different. The Garner situation in particular, I don't yeah. think that that's necessarily a race driven thing as much as like this is a guy they've dealt with a lot. He's standing there, and the guy is just cops being too brazen and being fucking idiots. <laughs> it's like the yeah, cops right. were fucking idiot assholes. And that's what the thing is about a lot of the situation that happens. It's a lot of times it's just people being fucking idiots and doing some shit. And granted, we are targeted more, but then on top of that, that's not just a cop problem. That's a problem of society as a whole. And it's not even like... When shit fucked up shit happens, it's not even necessarily the person in particular is racist. They have some shit that's ingrained in them that they react to Mm. that they're not even aware of half the time, and they're embarrassed of it when it does happen. But it's just ingrained in them by society, and this shit is going to take probably hundreds of years for that shit to change. I'll tell you what, I see a group of anyone on one side of the street. I'm walking the other side of the street. Oh, yeah, exactly. Any group of any humans. If if I see more than five pigeons together, I go to the other side. (laughs) You never know what these pigeons are going to be doing. I was talking about the same shit with somebody last night, and it's like, yeah, you you could say it's it's, it's this and it's that and that, but like, if you saw a group of fucking Fonzies walking down the street, (laughs) you'd be like, oh, shit, I'm going to get to the other side of the street, and you'd immediately be on the defensive. And that's what it is, except like, it's, it's it's a whole. It's not just a cop problem. It's not. It's like it's that shit is ingrained in the the soul of this whole country, mm-hmm. right. and that's what needs to change. But and I so, think that's interesting. It's the outside perspective, and I don't know. I want to ask you and uh, Kevin uh, and you, Cena, uh, um, when it comes to like guilt as far as the history of this country. Obviously, again, coming from uh, you know German stock, I understand where to be guilty and what to be guilty about. But when it comes down to the United States. My, I was not here during any of our uh, terrible times. I, was, my, I have no family uh, in the 1800s, no family in the early, early 1900s. I, my family is here from 1972. And so that's it. So I don't necessarily take when people talk about like white privilege, when they talk about, uh, you know, when they talk about how black people have been so oppressed, all these things. I, I don't really fully understand it because I didn't I haven't benefited from any white privilege. I don't have the roots. You know, that's what white privilege is theoretically roots in a community that so you're already like you're, you're already on top of the tree when you're born. Right. Yeah. But none of us are established. We're trying to establish right. ourselves. So I have a, there, I think there's a disconnect when it comes to people talking about those issues um, uh, about the history of the United States, because the history of the United States, I don't give a flying fuck. Well, white privilege goes much deeper than that, though, doesn't it? Like, doesn't it well, go to the fact that, you know, sometimes you get seated at a restaurant faster and shit like that? Well, Isn't it like well, little... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's if if you go around the world, I did a great debate uh, with, a, with a feminist gal. She's a senior editor at this, uh, at this feministing website, and they don't pay anybody, although they want equal pay for women, although feministing, they don't pay any of their employees. So, so I suppose equal that's pay. equal. Yeah, zero. What website? Feministing. 
It's really? called feminist. It's called feminist. Wow, yeah. it sounds that's clo- popular. <laughs> yeah, well, I know it sounds like a porn site, but nonetheless, they, they took that's that away they from the man. It's femifisting. Is that what you said? Feministing. <laughs> okay, not femifisting. Feminist. Is that what you? That's what well, you know, that's what I watch. But uh, <laughs> feministing is what I go to when I want to get ra- enraged. Um, but no, she was talking about uh, you know she so she goes through her entire life with this uh, notion that women are less than men, right? So we were walking around the creek. She was doing a debate uh, a debate with Catherine. Tempf, uh, who is a uh, she's a writer for the National Review. She's a more of a conservative gal. Anyway, she's walking around the creek in the cave. There was an open mic going on. She didn't see any women in the open mic, even though there was about four or five, and there was about ten people, maybe fifteen people total. Yeah. And she was like, "Do women are women even allowed to be in this open mic?" And I was like, "Of course, they're allowed to be in the open Dude, mic. Sign up." So she just goes through the through the world though with the, with the. Um, with 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 the uh, you know with the filter of like women are oppressed so this I'm gonna find it out everywhere, um, but I feel like first generation people I don't really I wasn't taught that way and I wasn't really but if you're if you're you know a fifth generation black dude if you're a sixth uh, gen- generation black dude you 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 may actually have roots yeah you know that yeah. that go back all the way to a slave family so Kevin do you kind of relate uh, do you I self identify maybe. Uh, as uh, a black American as well as a Jamaican, that's got to be tough to kind of reconcile as yeah, well. Yeah, it's always weird when people are like, are, are you Jamaican or are you a black I don't know. I, half the, the time I'll say Jamaican. You know what? From, the time I'm like, you're asking me if I'm Polish or I'm white. I'm both. From, now, know, on, from just... now on, I'm self-identifying as Southern Canadian. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm done with it. <laughs> well, it's funny because like my, my mother likes to almost make fun of me. She's like, Sina, you want to be Iranian, but you are really just American. And I'm just like, because like I speak fluently, but I can't read or write. None of my cultural things, like I don't adhere to any piece yeah. of the Iranian culture at You're all. You're very hairy. I mean, it was more genetic, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like you got a headband on. I also I don't I don't trim my chest hair, which is an Americanized Persian thing that those fucking pieces of shit in L. A. do. Oh, like they trim much, their chest hair. They all shave their chest hair. They all want to be white guys. Oh, I love Pathetic. chest hair. Yeah, chest hair is great. Chest hair is making a comeback. Yeah, chest hair is fantastic. Give me that Burt Reynolds. Yeah, baby. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that a little bit later. Ew. <laughs> That's good <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, that's weird because people will be like, you know, if I'm talking to other Jamaicans and I just say, oh, they're like, where are you from? Oh, from Miami. But then they, something which is weird, I don't notice it, I, but like other Jamaicans can hear that I have Jamaican parents in my voice, which I don't even, can't pick up myself. Wow. People but, say uh, that to you? I've, I've had people say that to me. And, um, and so it's just like, if I say, oh, no, I'm just from Miami, people be like, oh, you're abandoning. <laughs> you know, they, oh. they, they get offended. Do you- and it's like, you should say you're Jamaican. I'm like, well, I don't. Well, what people do you have a certain like uh, like song to them. I sound so fucking hippy dippy, but everybody has a certain like song to their sort of personality and their culture and the rhythm of which you speak. And Jamaicans have the certain thing, and like you know, I, I could kind of see that. Like it's it's a little bit mixed, you know. It's a little bit of like a fusion song. Yeah, yeah a, I could put a like a Duwaldi rhythm underneath everything you're saying, yeah, yeah. and it would just it would flow <laughs> really well, you know. I would just want to. It's an amazing testament to our parents and how unbelievably uh, adaptable they were with us. Though all of us sound extremely American. Yeah, yeah. There is like there are some first generation kids, especially going back to the Hmong. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, situation in Wisconsin, they they spoke Hmong. You know, they did not speak English. There was not an English speaking house. Oh man, I grew but, up. I mean, didn't grow up. I lived in Ridgewood for the past seven years, and uh, those Polish people born in Ridgewood speak. Polish, like right? They are. They got a thick accents, and they were all born in America, and they right. and it's it's crazy. 
But with, right. does this happen to y'all though? This this will happen with me when if I'm talking to a Jamaican, like if I'm talking to a person who has like a Jamaican accent, mm -hmm. like for sure. I not even intentionally, like completely accidentally, like I don't want to do it. I sort of drift into the accent myself. Oh, of course. Like and then it's like and it's not like I'll never go fully into the accent, but it's like. I have like part of it, like it just kind of, it's like half my normal shit and half the accent. And I, I don't want to do it. That happens right. to me whenever I'm in the South or I'm in Jersey. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that part of me comes out more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good point, Eddie. I, I, that happens to me as well. But mm -hmm. the problem with me is I actually always fuck up because I don't have a lot of confidence in my Farsi speaking. So I'm like really bad. There was actually a time when I went and saw this author speak about how she was born in a prison in Iran. And she wrote the story about she was born in this prison. She came out and did got, got to live a life in America and stuff like that. And I remember saying goodbye to her at the end of the night after we had like a nice evening where she was doing this whole reading and everything like that. And there's this phrase is like, you know, have a great night. And instead of saying that, I said, you're very tasty. And I left. <laughs> and I just because I have such little confidence in what I'm speaking, but I want naturally to kind of be able to relate to them. But I can't. You know. So you said that in Farsi. Yeah. Well, how does it sound in Farsi? Well, it's Khoshbaktar in uh, Farsi, and then I said Khoshmaze instead. So. so this is your "I'm a jelly donut" moment. Yes, exactly. This is your right. Reagan, I'm I a jelly donut. Screwed up big time. Uh, but I will. I want to say, even though you didn't feel like you had confidence, you said one of the most confident things I've ever heard someone say to a woman. <laughs> That's hot. Yeah, she probably loved it. Oh, man. she needed that. <laughs> Dripping. Exactly. Buckets. She no. knew though. The when, truth. Did, when did she get out of that prison in Iran? Uh, very early. She was born. There was actually a, of of several uh, people that or several kids that were born there. Uh, it was all a bunch of journalists and uh, lawyers that were imprisoned in Evan Prison in that time period, uh, post just post revolution. And she was born there, and then a bunch of them like escaped and went to America. Like, and the rest were sold to Nike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like a terrible. Yeah. So you're either like a doctor in America or a, just a labor worker. And I Nike. mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just really very strange. Uh, Would you say that all of our parents gave up a better job in their home country to come to America? My father certainly did. He was a truck driver. One hundred percent. And uh, what my was mother your father reminds in me Germany. I mean, my father would have been royalty, and, and not royalty, but he would have been hooked up massively. I mean, my oh, dad came right. from my, my dad came from millions and millions of dollars when he came to the United States. We got nothing. That's that's why he was a truck driver, and now they live in uh, a, a community in Florida. They don't even own credit cards. I mean, I come from nothing because my father turned down everything just to be here. Imagine all the ass you would have eaten if your family would have stayed in Germany. Oh, you would, would have, have loved stayed, it. every time I visited. First of all, there was like guards. <laughs> At the at the house that was right by the Black Forest, and then every night they would scroll down this huge security fence, and I was like, I remember asking when I was like eight or nine, be like, why is that happening? And then my opa, my grandfather, was just like, you never know when they're gonna come. You never like, I mean, he was like <laughs> serious, like he was a political dude. I mean, it was like legit, and uh, so it was badass, but it was massive. So but there uh, were black people in the forest. No, it was a black forest. Oh, sorry, got it. Good God, there's no black people in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like one or two, but you know, whatever. Kevin, what was your mom doing in Jamaica? I think, I mean, I, honestly, that's the weird thing about them is they even really talk about. Anytime I'd ask them questions about what they did or whatever, they just like very much like you don't ask me that. Really? Which may be a cultural thing. It's like you don't ask me that. That's not your business. Wow, so, that was the yeah. thing. Yeah, that, that, that's so common. Don't no, they never talked about it. 
Yeah. yeah. My parents never talked about it either. Uh, I had a very traumatic experience where a friend of mine, I've talked about it on the, on this podcast before, a friend of mine, I watched him uh, pass away in front of me. He got hit by a car. He got hit by a car. It was it, the second week I ever met Cena, John. Yeah. And we were doing an open mic at the New York Comedy Club. And uh, there was it was this railroad comedy club, and there was a mirror on the other wall, so you got to watch yourself bomb, which was the worst crowd of all time, yourself watching yourself bomb as you see yourself telling the jokes that you hate. Uh, and uh, so we were walking down the street, and Cena was being a little bitch. He was like, oh, my friend did. You know, and I was just like, I hate you so much. Yo, dude, let's get over it. Let's go grab some beers. Am I right? I watched my friend die in front of me. Right. Okay, back to his story. Back to his take on it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I've been friends with Ben a long time. Uh, but it was funny. I went home, and I was like, you know, this tremendous experience and my parents are both constantly to me and they're like Sina what is wrong why are you so depressed people die and I'm like what are you talking about that's right it's like what do you want me to do like you guys raised me in Pittsburgh in a suburban <laughs> neighborhood where like the craziest thing that ever happened was someone hit our mailbox over right. I watched my friend die you're like oh sorry I didn't see people getting decapitated during a revolution <laughs> sorry I don't even really know what the word revolution even means <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's uh, I think that's about it for this one. I appreciate you guys coming in, Kevin and Ben. Man, a little mini roundtable yeah, yeah. is fucking cool. Yeah, very fun. Thanks so much dope. for having us, guys. Yeah, this is so great. I feel like I was in therapy a little bit here. I know. I did too. Experiences. You released like some that. demons there. Yeah, yeah, I really. I love this. I feel like first... Kevin's exactly the same. <laughs> this, <laughs> this first generation thing. I always right. am surprised about how many similarities first generation people have with each other. And I think if there are listeners out there that have the. Uh, similar kind of experiences please share those with us and stuff like that i think it's just like very interesting because you may come from very different cultures but there's a lot of similarities between each well other. And, I, and i think it's i think uh, voter turnout amongst first generations is much higher than it is amongst people who have been here for a very long time college education is much higher it's people who really appreciate the penises country. are bigger well uh i break the break the stereotype on that one but that's okay but uh, but this but is your asshole makes up for it that's right it's so, big. so big yeah, 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 yeah my yeah. butthole is big and my penis is small and that's why they call yeah. me the uh, hole in one ben doesn't <laughs> sit on chairs he puts them inside of them and i actually think that's more comfortable <laughs> uh, which is kind of nice all right uh i'm at larson amber nelson cena john uh at fat boy barnett uh, you know, friends of the people, second season, so fucking cool, buddy. Awesome. We're all proud of you, man. And uh, Ben at Ben, ben Kissel, simple, same same bullshit. Fuck Third it. season of my new show coming out. Abe Lincoln stop at. Yeah, yep. There Third we go. season of that. It's three season. years, right? Oh yeah, all of them are. There you go. There so you many, go. And so uh, listen to the roundtable, gentlemen. If you don't already listen to that, uh, Sam, lovely as always, having you by us. And uh, taking us out today is the Almighty Defenders. It's a uh, it's a mixed group made up of the Black Lips and uh, King Con and the Barbecue Show. Song called All My Lovin'. So uh, enjoy your lives, people. Uh, get out there and uh, make friends with an immigrant because you never know. They're people, too. And, you know, when they have kids, don't treat their kids like shit because guess what? They're Americans also. All right, guys. We'll see you later. <laughs>
more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.